to Minute 73 of The Great Escape Minute, the daily podcast where we dig into The Great Escape one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today is Sean German of The Next Scene Podcast. Welcome, Sean. Oh, thanks for having me. So glad to be here. Yeah, I'm glad I was able to finally get you in at least for one episode. You know, I've -hmm. I've been uh, trying to, to, to get you for the whole week and it just didn't work. So, all right, one episode is good. All right. I just couldn't escape. Ah, you mean you're in the cooler? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. cool. That's fine. That's fine. Hopefully, by the end of this episode, you'll be able to escape. Uh, yes. If not, then I can maybe get you for tomorrow. Also, I'll just keep <laughs> digging. <laughs> exactly. So, episode uh, seventy-three starts with uh, Colin saying "checkmate" and goes all the way till Danny screams "pull." So we we, we have a very interesting uh, minute to be dealing with here. Basically, finishes off the the scene that that uh, we discussed rec- the last few days with Werner actually finally getting extorted for uh, the fact that he lost his wallet. <laughs> so we have Henley, James Garner, basically telling him to, to give him a camera, to get him a camera, and then maybe he'll be able to find his wallet. That, that was the end of yesterday's minute, and today's minute, it starts with Colin, where the, Henley and Colin are playing uh, chess. We, we got the impression over the last few days that uh, Henley was actually doing better than Colin, but apparently Colin is able to, to find a way to come back and starts off with... Checkmate. Now, Checkmate. I'm not I'm not much of a chess player, so I, I, I don't know if you took a look at the board to, to try to figure out if it really is checkmate or not. Uh, unfortunately, you can't zoom in on on these type of things. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you can see that his that he places his bishop in a position where he's where where it's in direct line with with his king. But besides that, it's, it's a little it's a little fuzzy from 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 my perspective to try and figure out how much is it how how close yeah. that really is to a checkmate. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I know the basic rules. I don't know chess enough to kind of analyze the board and, um, you know, kind of see how how good this move is. But I like it. It's a little funny moment. Like this is, you know, certainly not a comedy, but it's got some of these lighter moments that, uh, and I think it's you know kind of tells us a little bit about this character that with, um, you know, with with what went on previously with with Warner and the stuff that the talk about the lost wallet and the the camera and everything that. At least one of these players is able to keep his eyes or keep his mind on the game. Yeah, I was thinking and, that. Uh, I was thinking that Henley, Henley was a little distracted here <laughs> mm-hmm. because I mean, yesterday's minute we see that Colin is is still looking at the board the whole time as mm-hmm. as Henley is you know reminding or uh, telling Werner what he needs to give him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. You know, Colin, <laughs> despite all this, <laughs> Colin is confident that he's going to get his camera. So you know, I might as well continue with playing and. Uh, find a way to, to, to checkmate. And, yeah. and I love I love James Gardner's reaction to it. I mean, if you look at his face, he's like, what? <laughs> he, he was definitely not expecting that to happen. You know, the, the, yeah, the, 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 the look like, of satisfaction on one side of the board versus the, the other confusion of where did that come from exactly. on I mean, the other is, side. This is something that, that uh, again, as, as we both mentioned, we're, we're not really chess players. But mm-hmm. you, you'd think that, that, that someone who is more of an avid chess player, you know, would, would try to be as in tune to what's going on in the game, even if you're doing other things. It, it could also just be the, a way to pass time. Mm-hmm. I don't think you have much else to do uh, at night. <laughs> yeah, I imagine there's a lot of downtime. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe they got to learn how to play uh, chess, uh, you know. 
Actually, that that's very possible also. That that you know, Colin seems like someone who would be more into playing chess than than Henley. He's more cultivated or civilized, uh, you know, higher mm-hmm. in the higher echelon type of thing. I mean, when, you know, a few weeks ago we had the whole discussion about tea. You know, where where basically Colin says, you know, that he ca- he can't have tea without milk. That's so you know, uncivilized. And Henley's response was, "Is I think I had tea once when I was in the hospital," meaning <laughs> meaning that that's yeah. medicine. <laughs> So right, it, right. It, it tells us more about the difference between their 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 status. Right. Well, I think that the, yes, yeah, status. But I was thinking more of their, um, you know, the kind of the personality. What kind of is it? A, you know, one is a man of thought, more of a chess player, while maybe the other one is more a man of action. Maybe has more street smarts than yeah. Uh, yeah. than chessboard smarts. For sure. I mean, that that's what we know about Henley. Henley is, mm-hmm. you know, he yeah. gets by the seat of his pants. There's there's no question right. about it. You know. He, he's the guy who has to get whatever you need to get. He doesn't need to, to think it through completely. He needs to say, okay, I need this. How am I going to get it? And with right. Colin being the forger, so obviously yeah, he needs to be exactly. much more meticulous and has to you know think ahead of how he's doing every single thing. So I, I think you made a great point. I think that really makes yeah. sense. Yeah, well, it, it kind of really good. And you mentioned you know, kind of the nickname, the forger, um, and his, his background kind of fits in with like this little moment that's kind of, um, obviously, this chess game doesn't play into the larger storyline and the plot of, of the POWs and trying to escape, but um, but it's not a throwaway scene. It does give us these little glimpses into the characters and their, their personalities. Yeah, I mean, I, this movie does a great job of that. I mean, you have so many it's, – it's, it really is one of the first big ensemble films, mm-hmm. and they do such a great job of developing each and every one of these characters in different ways. I mean, because, you know, this is, I've, I've mentioned this many times, I'm sure all the listeners have heard me say this uh, quite often, but this is basically a heist movie. And mm-hmm. you know, each each of the characters has their specialty that they have to do in order to be able to, to, to get this heist done. That the, the way that they find the story to, to, to develop each of these characters is just done so well. Because you can you can watch the movie afterwards and you're like, okay, um, this is what this guy did and this is what this guy did. You know, they, they're all distinct in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So we move on from there and we, we then get a shot of, of Willie digging in the tunnel, which, again, Sturgis does an amazing job in this movie of, of giving us so much detail with everything that's going on. I mean, here you see a character who's digging. That's all he's doing. He's digging. But just look at everything that he does while he's digging. It, it just gives us so much of an impression as to the difficulty of this task and the difficulty of setting it up for, for these prisoners. I mean, he, he looks like he's got, you know, a, his shovel, it looks like it's a cut-out tin can uh, mm-hmm. that has a piece of wood, you know, stuck to, the, to be the handle, okay? He has a little light next to him. Which, uh, from what I've read, they actually in in the in the real escape, they used I think margarine as the as as, as a way to ignite you know these flames that they use as the lights in the the tunnel. You know he's got a real shovel. He's got he's he's got like a a, a bucket or a basket container where he's putting the dirt in, and then he has to lift that up while he's lying on his back and put it on the trolley, which you can see he's already put one on there. I mean, first of all, he's lying in a very, very strange and awkward position. That 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 cannot be comfortable <laughs> for the actor <laughs> or for the character. You know, to be able to, 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 while you're lying on your back, lift up a basket filled with dirt 
I mean, I, I, I'm not even going to try and guess how much dirt is in there and how uh, heavy it is, but it's not light. Yeah, it, it, and it's got to be awkward to have to lift it and sort of push it away to put it on, um, you know, on the cart. Exactly. But the, and we're not the, even going to talk about the, how we how we was able to put no. the first one on there. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, the first one must have been even harder. And just the, the setup for the scene, like the feeling, the 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 claustrophobic feeling to get the the scene. We can see, you know, we, we see the floor, we can see the ceiling, we see how narrow this passage is um, that the character that Willie's laying down and barely has, you know, room to lift his head, but somehow he's managing to dig um, really does a good job of giving us that sense of, you know, the, the tight space. Yeah. There's no question about that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm curious to know how, how much space they actually had, you know, from a filming perspective, you know, and cause, cause as we can tell, there are, there are three walls here that, mm-hmm. that, that are there. It's not even yeah. something. It, this isn't something that that uh, you know John Layton can can try and fake. He's definitely there where something's close to his head and something's close to you know, clo- and he's close to the floor. Obviously, the other end is is probably opened. It's probably completely open. So therefore, he he doesn't really. He's not as claustrophobic, but it, it still gives us that the shot is done so well that it makes us believe that 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 he's really there. Now we can all be thankful that they didn't do what they what what the real prisoners did because when they all dug they they dug completely naked. So we're, we're we should be glad that we're, <laughs> that we're not seeing that because uh, no because logistically in, in the real escape obviously you know they don't, they didn't want to get their their clothes all dirty. Yeah, obviously that would have attracted attention if you're walking around the yard covered with with dirt. Yeah, someone might get suspicious. Exactly, and it would it would draw too much attention if they had them all naked on the film. So, you know, we we could be grateful for that too. <laughs> eh, yes, that's a much different film. <laughs> yes, yes, and and also they you know they they have someone to do their laundry in in the movie. <laughs> I mean, I, I, one of the things I love about this movie is the fact that that basically all the characters have the same clothes, but they somehow are able to to get them laundered whenever they need to. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're dealing with dirt. They're walking around. You know, they're, they're most most movies that with World War Two POWs. You know, their their clothes are all cut up. You know, they're they're walking around in rags because they've mm-hmm. they've they're in such bad conditions. And here, I mean, you, as as we just mentioned about with with Henley, I mean, he's he's wearing a turtleneck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's just fun looking at that. And then what what Willie does is he takes a stick. And taps on on the trolley twice, which this is the first time we get to see this in the whole movie. Where this is their signal, you know, if you hear the double tap, that means pull the the trolley, which which is also ingenious. The, the whole way that the, the, they they set up this whole system, you put a trolley with with ropes on either ends, and when you hear the double tap, you just pull it. You just pull it. We, yeah, we see that the rope. Um... Yeah, the rope on Willie's end, so he can pull the you know he he can pull the trolley uh, back to him. We see the the rope on the other end that that Danny's pulling to pull the the, the dirt out of out of the tunnel. Yeah, I mean it's 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 very well thought out. Part of it comes from from the the, the original book about how it's explained of what they did, but but they they, they do use a little bit of license here to 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 give us a, a better impression. That, that this system is really working well. And so basically then we, we see the they cut to a scene where you have Danny and Sedgwick sitting in one of the, I guess you could say, rest stations or way stations along the way. They, they didn't build the tunnel 
you know, straight the whole uh, 335 uh, feet without rest stops along the way, which is also mm-hmm. quite quite ingenious to do because this way you can get more people through at uh, any given time because you have people, you know, you, you don't have a you don't have traffic because someone can stop at the at the rest stop, you know, while they're waiting for someone else to come in or or whatever the case may be, which it obviously plays in a lot later when when we see the escape of how they're actually they use this to their advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, having the, this room there, so you see Cedric is working on the air pump, and Danny is is pulling in the the rope. Then we get Roger showing up, and Roger starts asking the, the same question that he's asked Cedric numerous times before: What's going on with the air pump? You know, when's it going to be ready? And it, it's it's pretty funny because like you see that he's working on it, so like why would he even ask that? <laughs> yeah, you know. If if he's, oh. I mean, we saw a few weeks ago that he, when he was making the air pump, you know, he's making the air ducts and they're, you know, with with the hammers and everything like that. So they're doing that in their their workshop. So if he's already mm-hmm. there, so then what's the big question here? You know, is the question okay? I see that you're here. Is it, you know, are you are you installing it or are you just checking things out or you know what what particular what what are you doing here? And and then Cedric just gives his usual answer. Oh, I'll have it ready by tomorrow. <laughs> So Roger, yeah. Roger, you know, snaps back at him. Well, uh, you know, you're badly behind schedule. You're behind schedule, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, managers are going to manage. That's true. <laughs> That's true. And then, and then the next thing he does, and, and he, he asks Danny how things are going. So you know, he's Roger. Uh, uh, you know, Roger is the, the the best kind of manager here. He's he's going and checking everyone and seeing that everyone's doing what they should be doing. There's no question about that, and and he does a good good job of it because you know he he comes in, into there and he first asked Cedric and then he he asked Danny, so Danny should have expected that this was the question that was coming up. Yeah, he's coming up, and like, and and Danny's got his complaint ready. Um, yeah, or maybe maybe not complaint, but they're, they're having problems <laughs> with, yes, the, with yes. the operation, and then he gets he starts with three times and then gets interrupted by a, a fourth. Yes. Which uh, this is this is great filmmaking the way that they do it because the editing here is is superb, you know the fact that, that you know he's in the middle of talking about it and then they quickly cut they you, they let you hear the crack mm-hmm. of of the the dirt falling now I don't really know what that crack really means because it, it sounds as if it, it sounds as if wood is breaking mm-hmm. but when you look at at, at Willie when they, they cut to him you know and he, he quickly jumps onto his stomach you don't see any wood falling on him you just see uh, a lot of dirt falling on him. Yeah, well, and I think the point is that they don't have, they don't have enough wood to oh, you know support you know all the way as far as they've dug in the tunnel. So yeah, I'm not sure um, what whatever it is that's cracking. It's good enough that kind of gives Willie a little bit of a a warning so he can brace himself, but yeah, um, be, before the tunnel falls in. But yeah, I like the way this is constructed because it's a little bit of you know Roger coming in and kind of asking these questions. It's a little bit of I guess exposition just for our benefit to kind of give um, give the the characters you know a chance to re- report for our sake. Uh, Cedric and Danny kind of fill us in on how things are going, but it's also kind of natural of yeah, an officer slash manager would come in and kind of just check in and and see you know how things are going, how things are progressing. Um, right. Yeah. No question about that. Yeah, but I mean, you also mentioned that that that, that Willie has that that fraction of a section to. A second to, to to quickly turn over, you know that that that's I guess helpful too. Yeah, I, I <laughs> like I, I like this minute. I I, I like that. Um, 
kind of reminds us that this is this is a heist and this is a you know war movie. This is a dangerous operation. Uh, that there is danger and it may seem it kind of starts off sort of uh, mundane. Just you know, there there's a lot of digging and a lot of dirt they have to move, and they spend a lot of time just filling up buckets and empty, you know, dumping out the dirt and sending the bucket back to be refilled. Uh, and then, but there's always that, uh, you know, the possibility of, of danger uh, lurks around every corner. And then suddenly, um, you know, as we see this minute, suddenly the danger rears its head that this is, um, you know, even with just the mundane work that they've got to go through, um, there's the, the risk of a, of a cave-in. In addition to yeah. The risk from the guards and getting discovered and all the other things that could go wrong. Right, and and I mean it's it's also perfect timing because you know he's just mentioning that we had three cavens today, mm-hmm. and then I, I guess you know he, you know he, <laughs> he he shouldn't have said that. Yeah, he should speak <laughs> he of the devil. He, he jinxed it. Exactly, maybe. He, uh, he jinxed it and just saying oh, but uh, maybe he wants to. Maybe they planned it and they wanted to show Roger that this does happen. They're not just saying that it happens. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Willie. Roger's coming. Let's let's have a cave in. Let's have a. <laughs> so Danny and Cedric, you know, jump jump to you know. It, I I I really like the way that they they jump into action. Mm-hmm. You know, because that also gives us more of an idea of the dangers involved here. You know, this is something that that you immediately have to take care of. You know, Danny jumps on the, the trolley and forgets about the rope and just, uh, you know, dog paddles his way down as quickly as possible. And while he's going by, we get to see how many lamps they, 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 they have to light each time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't count the number of lamps. I probably should. But it's, it's interesting the fact that, you know, we, we as I mentioned earlier, you know, they, they, they made each of these lamps, you know, using margarine oil or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. There's a lot here. Yeah, I think I, you know, I, think I counted four. That uh, that Danny paddles past before getting to Willie, right? And it looks like they're maybe every every ten feet in the tunnel. Um, maybe that's their way of marking the distance. Yeah, you know, possibly. Um, I mean, obviously they, they they have the the string that they use also. You know, this is uh, another way for them. But so that's interesting. Yeah. How they they do that here? One, two, three. Four. You're right. Four until he gets them. Plus, there's the one that that apparently just got staked yeah. out. So that there's like the fourth is at Willie's feet, and there would have been the fifth where you know kind of at the head where Willie's working. But so they instantly yeah. know. Yeah. So Danny jumps right on the the trolley to start paddling out to Willie, and then uh, Sedwick jumps in to take Danny's place at the head of the tunnel. I guess to you know he knows he's going to have to pull Willie out. Um, yeah. There. Exactly. Now, I mean, again, they've, they've done this four times today, or three times already. Three times. This previously. is the fourth time. Um, so actually kind of fortunate that this happened during the transfer. This happened while Willie was digging, while he had the trolley on his end. I imagine that that's happened where, um, you know, someone, Danny or Cedric's had to, to crawl in to pull uh, Willie out of a cave-in without having the trolley on their end and being right. able the to question kind of paddle out. That's, that's that, that that's a really good point. The question is, is how you know would they have tried to 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 pull pull the trolley back and then go because you know maybe they, they don't know if it has you know one basket of of dirt on it or no basket. Of oh dirt. yeah, it's just the idea of pulling it as quickly as possible and then having to jump on it. I mean that that as you said, it's fortunate that it happened this way. Yeah, 
Good thing, good thing they have good screenwriters. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess they'd it's have to convenient because if they if it didn't pull the trolley back, then when he got there, the trolley would be between Danny and Willie. So yes. how could he get to Willie to put him on? And I'm guessing the the paddling goes much faster than the crawling. So that even kind of pulling the trolley back, removing any dirt that's on it, and then paddling back to Willie, I'm guessing that's faster than crawling. Yeah. But yeah, I guess they, they pull it back. But, uh, well, they, they never let us check that out. So we'll never know. <laughs> we'll never we'll have know. to speculate. Um, and Danny pulls pulls Willie out of the of the dirt, and there was a lot of dirt on him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I would, I hope hopefully for John Layton's uh, sake, they didn't have to redo this scene that many times. <laughs> you know, okay, we're gonna pile you put put you know a ton of dirt on top of you, and then uh, we're gonna pull you out. Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously, he's got these face covered in dirt. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's coughing a little bit. You know, and then Danny says to him, "So you're all right?" And then he screams, "Pull!" Pull. And that uh, basically ends ends the minute because we see we see Roger and, and Cedric begin to pull the the, the rope. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cedric looks like he's yeah. he's really exerting himself by by checking that. Yeah, so that that's the the end of this minute. Do you have anything else you want to say about the minute? Um, well, I think that the use of the score, and of course you talked about. I mean, the the, the great score, uh, the, the soundtrack to this movie, I think is is probably better, maybe even better known than the, the film. I mean, it's just a, the iconic. But so we get the transition that the chess scene, we get the end of, of that, uh, you know, chess scene with Werner where the, there's no background music at all. It's just the dialogue. And then kind of when we go down to the tunnel, we get a little bit of, of the score and the music. And then we get the shakeup with um, the, the, the cave and everything, just kind of the use of sound in the background. Um, yeah, there, there's no question. Yeah. Bernstein does an amazing job with the mm-hmm. uh, with the score here. I mean, I've I've heard that the way that he set up the score, that he created the score, is he he created sub themes for each and every one of the characters. Mm-hmm. I'm not a, yeah. a music expert, so I wouldn't be able. To, I I can't notice that. In a few weeks, we're actually going to have a music expert on. Hopefully, she'll be able to to give us a little bit of insight into that as to how uh, that 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 really does play into the. To, to the whole uh, storyline. But the, the music here is, is definitely another character. There's no mm-hmm. question about the way that, that uh, it, you know, it, and it goes from, from somber tones to, to, to happier tones to comedic tones. You know, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't stay on one straight level. It, it jumps around a lot, which uh, helps make it uh, that much more interesting to, to listen to yeah, as absolutely. the story moves along. Absolutely. All right. Um, do you have anything else you want to say about the movie in general? Uh, just that this is this is a great movie. <laughs> and thank you. And thank you for escape. thank you for covering <laughs> it. One you know one minute at a time. This is uh you know this this certainly holds up to this kind of level of scrutiny. It really is a great film. Yeah, yeah it's because of the, it, it has to do with the, the 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 level of detail in this in this entire film. There's no question about it. I mean, come on, you and I just just spent. <laughs> 20 some odd minutes talking about two little scenes yeah that's it. but there's so much to talk about and that that's what makes it so fascinating to to, to talk about this movie and, and to watch it obviously yes all right so do you want to tell people how they can uh, get in touch with you sean sure um well as you said in the beginning my, my current podcast is next scene podcast we're at nextscenepod.com and, and next scene pod on the social medias um that's a show that i, I do with my brother 
Brian, where we were covering pop culture one scene at a time. Um, I've also got uh, previous shows. I, I covered uh, a couple movies uh, one minute at a time, as, as you do for The Great Escape. I did uh, This is Spinal Tap with Spinal Tap Minute, and I covered Groundhog Day. Had a show, uh, Groundhog Minute. Um, my, my home base where you can find all that stuff, if you go to Cat and Sean org and it's cat c a t and sean s e a n dot org and that I link to uh, to all my podcasts and all my guest appearances and, and whatnot. So, uh, folks, if you want to hear more from me, you can check that out. All right, very cool. Thanks a lot, Sean. While you're looking at Sean's stuff, you can go rate, review, and subscribe on any podcatcher that you might be using to, to listen to this show. You can contact us by email at thegreatminute at gmail dot com. Our Facebook group is the Cooler. Our website's the Great Escape Minute. Com. You can contact us on Twitter at Great Escape MXM. So until tomorrow, tally ho. Tally ho.